0: Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we will be learning Dafmem Aleph in Masochus Psochim. But well, we begin with the Mishnah on Mem Amud Bays. first Mishnah of 2021. Here we go. Says the Mishnah, Ein kemach Ah, so we talked about uh, Pesach Matzah, we talked about more, now we're talking about Charoses. Not really, this is a different Charoses. Mm-hmm. This is, as Rashi explains, it's a meat dip. It's not the charosess that you and I know. We will get, get, in fact, into that minhag later in the masechta. What's the point here? What we've been discussing before. The idea of putting flour to things and having the, right, the possibility of it becoming chametz. That's all. So charosess, because it's some sort of meat dip, because it has a liquid component, when you're going to put flour with it, you have the possibility that you're going to, that's going to be Mahmets, and that's why we don't put the flour into said dip. Um, Rashi calls it igros. Does sound gross indeed. The one thing to know is that it has vinegar in it, which will become relevant. Okay, so that's what, that's what Rashi is saying, that it has vinegar in it, and people typically put, um, put flour in it, and so when you get that, when you get that Pesach version in the stores, it's not as appealing because it does not have the flour in it, okay? You don't put flour into mustard either. This is on Pesach. But if you did, so interestingly, you have to eat it immediately, which is to say you have to eat it before it becomes chametz. So that is sort of an in-between concession, right? Because if it was going to be usher completely and you think that it's going to become chametz very quickly, we're not even going to let you eat it, right? Whereas, if you think it's not going to become chametz and we're going to let you eat it whenever you want. Here, this is sort of like you're splitting the difference. You're saying, okay, you can eat it if you already added the flour, but eat it right away. However, to that, Rabbi Meir, or Rabbi Meir is not even going to allow you to eat it. We're going to see that's that's the same thing as saying Rabbi Meir is going to make you burn it right away. Right? Because that's what happens when you have something that might become Chametz and Pesach. You're going to want to, right, destroy it immediately on Pesach. So that is the first part of the Mishnah. The second part of the Mishnah is totally unrelated. Uh, uh the great Dafiomi Ma- Master, Rabbi Rosner, uh, explains some Shitas. But basically, we're going to discuss the carbon Pesach now for the first time. Really get into the carbon Pesach over here. Ein Revashlen is a Pesach. You cannot cook the carbon the Pesach that comes from a very famous pasuk. The pasuk explicitly says in the Torah al tochlu mimenu noa uvashel mevushal b'mayim ki'im tzli and that's not the entire pasuk but that portion of the pasuk is saying you should not eat it rare Na is like not raw but rare and you should not eat it cooked in water. That's vashel mevushal. We'll discuss why it has the double loshen of vashel mevushal and it rather has to be roasted. So we're going to see. So obviously you have what? An Iser. When the Torah is telling you specifically that you can't roast the Korban Pesach. I mean, rather, that you can't cook the Korban Pesach. So that's going to be an Iser. So when you're talking about cooking, typically cooking, right, the difference between... Uh, until I was in yeshiva, I didn't really know any of this because I hadn't spent much time in the kitchen. But, you know, roasting is straight up fire. Ba- this you probably know, Andrew. Baking is in an oven. Cooking is in a pot of water, okay? So, in a pot of water, so not in fruit juice or in other liquids, right? So you cannot cook. But if you, but you can baste, the korban pasach with its own juices, or dip it into it after you've roasted it. Rashi has a better explanation here of what he means, because this already, like, if you're going to take this, the halacha, you're gonna to have to be very careful as to what exactly does it mean. So, first of all, Rashi quotes the pasachalotokhalim as we said. Then, right, with regards to matbilin and sachin, so sachin, he says, so it would be like, let's say you have the gyro, right, the, the shawarma. Rotating on the spit being grilled straight on the fire, and even as you 're doing so, you can sort of spritz it right because that 's still considered roasting right that 's not considered baking or or, or cooking that 's roasting, but you are still you could spritz it while it 's doing that Umatbilin is afterwards in other words once it 's roasted it 's not that it has to be always only dry once it 's roasted you can Put it in ketchup and all these other things and mustard and, or 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 dip it into any th- these liquids however right that 's only once it's roasted, but in the cooking process, um, you could spritz it, but you cannot obviously cook it in its own uh, in its own juices we 're going to talk about pot roast when I learned this uh as I was preparing it, I realized what pot roast means it means that you 're roasting it in a pot, which you think would be obvious but that wasn't obvious to me. I just thought it was called pot roast, like this pastrami and this pot roast. Roasting in a pot is roasting it so that the juices become self-contained and they become part of the cooking process. So is that roasted? Or is that, uh, is that roasted enough to be a Korban Pesach? Or does it have to be straight fire? We'll see. We'll see. Okay? And then, so you have that little interlude, and then finally the mission at the end returns to the topic of the Chometz, mei tashmisho shel nachtom, <inaudible> When the water is used by the baker, which is the water as Rashi explains, when the baker's, the matzah baker's hands get very warm, very hot, they don't want, he doesn't want his hands to be very hot because maybe that will also stimulate the chimuts. The and so in between rounds, he's kind of putting his hands in cold water in order to cool them off and so of course there's residue of of flour on his hands and so those, those water will have to be discarded in between rounds of matzah baking so mm-hmm. the baker's water mm-hmm. have to be poured out because they have mostly water right up until they we were talking about stuff that uh, right so that's mostly water and it has a little bit of grain and therefore you have to be careful right yesterday we talked about when you have mostly grain will there be a little bit of moisture now we have all liquid and a little bit of grain either way you are going to be concerned about chametz and therefore that's why you don't um we have to discard that water get fresh water in between rounds very good very interesting how to have the korban pesach sort of stuck in the middle i can't um i, I can't resist the story in eighth grade i stayed in Rome, my favorite yerushalayim hotel now it's the inbal i don't know it's just my style and uh, i was watching so when i was in eighth grade in those days, like today, all the, the whole world is on the same page as far as TV. But in those days, Israel would get the shows like 10, 50, 15 years after America. So I was watching Kojak. No <laughs> tell. And Telly Savalas says to Hawkeye, Hawkeye, uh, what does that have to do with the price of rice in China? And the subtitles say, Hawkeye, Ma'inun Shmita it's El Harsinai. You know, every Israeli knows. What that means, that Rashi. So, in, you know, over here, um, Rabbi Rosner stands on his head to try to explain my Shemitah, between the portions of this Mishnah. But be that as it may, we will learn it each, uh, individually. That in itself is, is an interesting topic. Okay. So, Zuck the Gemara, as they say. Let's get to the Gemara. Aha. So, again, right, we have the beginning of our Mishnah it says you can't put the flower into the Charoz says, or into the charadal, uh, but if you do, you can eat it. So, what does that mean? You can eat it. So, according to Rav Kahana, the Tanakama is only letting you eat the mustard. But when it comes to the haroses, he agrees with Rabbi Meir, who the Tanakama agrees with Rabbi Mayer, who says that it's usher entirely, right? So, Rav Kahana is just pointing out that this whole thing, everything's going to be usher, both to eat it of course, and to put the flour into it, the only shita according to Rav Kahana where you can in fact uh, eat it is going to be the mustard and only according to the Tanakama. Okay, and then we have a brisa that says so explicitly, it says the, bre- the Gemara we have a brisa right right so this is spelling it out, right? Even if you put in the kemach into the charoset, you have to burn it immediately, as we said. That's the same thing as saying that it's aser. That's more chamer, obviously, than allowing you to eat it. Here, you're making you burn it. And but So there it is the, 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 the mechlokus, as Rav Kahana said, he has the source in the brysa. The mechlokus is only within Khardal, but charoset everybody has to eat, uh, has to burn rather right away. Okay. So now, Amar Rav Huna beraid the Rav Yehuda, Amar Nachman and Halacha Chachamim. Okay, so the Halacha is like the Chachamim. So the Chachamim again, they say that Kharosis you have to burn, and according to Rav Kahana, they say Chavroses that you have to burn, and the mustard you can eat right away, but you have to eat it right away. And Amar Rav Nachman bYitzchak, there he is, Rav Huna Yehuda as we arrive in Memamah and Aleph Amud Aleph, Acharosis is Kam or Achardal Kamar. So. He wanted to know, Rav Nachman was asking this, this idea when we said that the halacha is like the chachamim. Were they talking about the charosis or were they talking about the chardal? So, Amar Rav Huna says back, Lemai nafkamina. Kamina. Now, what do you mean lemay nafkamina? Kamina? We want to know what the halacha is. So, over here, the art school actually has, uh, a, an explanation that is a little different than how we usually understand the mind of Kamina, Usually we say the mind of Camina, we say, well, what's the difference? Well, there is a big difference, obviously, because then it depends who you hold like. Here, it just means, why would you say that you would hold like Chachamim by charoses and not by Chardal? In other words, why would you, Paskin, if you, let's say, you hold like the Chachamim, why would there be a difference between whether you hold like them by Chardal or by charoses? Why would, what would motivate you to say, to split that psak? In other words, if you hold like by one, then you should hold like Chachamim by the other. And therefore, why, why would you even think that they, that you would split that sock be, be, between Charosis and Chardel? You just go with whoever you go, uh, with. So, Lidder Kahana, of Kahana says, well, that, the difference is, because Rav Kahana, the Amara of Kahana, Machlokas, Otoch, Chardel. So, in other words, the Rav Nachman is explaining, and the reason you might split it is because Rav Kahana, in fact, does, in essence, split it, right? Because Rav Kahana thinks that Khardan and are two different things. That with regards to Chavrosas, Chavrosas is more potent and you have to burn it right away. And everybody would agree, even the Chachamim would agree to that. So, Amar lei Rav said back to Nachman, I never heard this statement of Rav Kahana. Klomar, Lo which is to say, not only did I never hear it, but I don't buy it. I don't, I don't think that there's a difference between charosas and chardal. I think that whatever you hold, like, charosas, that's what you're going to hold by chardal. Okay, so they're having a machlokas here as to whether the chachamim, when they say that you can eat it right away, right, whether the chachamim, um, are referring also to, also to It's possible that the chachamim will, according, according to Ravuna, They don't agree with Rav Kahana that that everyone thinks that Kharosis is nuclear and has to be burned right away. They think that maybe charosis, just like Chardal, says Rav Huna, um, would be allowed to be eaten right away by the Chachamim. This is despite, uh, as you might uh, have noticed, this is despite the brysa, the supporter of Kahana, very clearly, if in fact the Mishnah, the Mishnah is stronger than the brysa. So if in fact the Mishnah is like Rav Huna, the charosis can be eaten right away, then we would disregard the brysa. So that's why even with the b'risa, we don't necessarily have to hold like Rav Kahana here. Okay. However, Amar Ravashi, Kavasei, Rav Kahana, Mistabra. It makes sense. Rav Kahana not only has his b'risa, but he makes more sense. Why? Midah Amar, Shmuel, ain't halacha What does this have to do? So we already uh, we already heard of Rebiyosi recently. I'll jog your memory. Shmuel had said, and Shmuel was very authoritative, he said that the is not like Yossi. This was with regards to the vinegar. Now, vinegar is one of the components of chavrosas. It's not in mustard, okay? So now we're gonna talk about vinegar being nuclear ingredient. So, Rubyosi holds that vinegar, you might recall, when the barley was getting almost swollen, this was yesterday, when the barley was getting almost swollen, uh, he said, put in the vinegar and it contracts the, it also sort of like reverses, it's like a reversal agent for the chemutz process, okay? that's That was Rabi shita, however, Rav said, "You don't hold like Rav Yossi. So if you don't hold like Rav Yossi, so maybe you think that the vinegar, instead of being a reversal agent for chimutz, it's like a catalyst. It accelerates the chimutz. So as the Gemara explains, my love, Ha Chamui So by saying, by Shmuel saying that the lacha is not like Rav Yossi, what he's saying is the vinegar doesn't contract the barley and right retard the chimutz process. Rather, it accelerates." And it's a catalyst for chimutz. If that's the case, so then it would make sense that Rav Kahana, right, it would make biological or right physical sense for Rav Kahana to say that there's a difference between Chardol and charoset. Because after all, the charoset of the Mishnah has vinegar in it, and if charoset is such an catalyst accelerator of chimutz, then it's nuclear and needs to be burned right away. You can't even chance it, and even Chacham would agree that you can't eat it for a second. However, the Gemara rejects this proof. In other words, the Gemara is going to say, just because you don't hold like Rebiosi, just like, just because you think that it's not necessarily a reversal agent, doesn't mean that you think it's a catalyst. That's what the, mission, the Gemara is going to say now. says the Gemara, lo, dilma lo mitz, mit, mitz, mitzamis, lo Maybe you could say that, okay, it's not a reversal agent for chimutz, but it's not a catalyst either. Maybe it's just like a neutral ingredient. And if it's a neutral ingredient, then there's no reason why it should be different than chardal. And therefore, that would be the reason why it's not necessarily, um, physically logical to hold over of kahana. So maybe there is a difference between charosis and chardal. Maybe there is not. Good. Nine lines down, two dots. Ain Mavashlan. Shh. Sh- Let's talk about the Korban Pesach a little bit, shall we, Andrew? Okay. So, you know that you're not going to cook it, right? let's see we have a bryce that says Bamaim. obviously the pasuk as we quoted says that you can't cook it in water so that right the pasuk actually says the word maim. like like so it's teaching you so most of us right we're in your we're yeshiva guys we don't know that cooking is called what you do when you put something in water in a pot but that's not what the torah is necessarily only teaching you because by singling out water What are they saying that you could cook it in other in other liquids? Let's see. From the pasuk, you would only know that you can't cook it in water. How do you know that you can't cook it in other liquids? Aha, you can make a kal v'chomer. Aha. So according to this first explanation of why you cannot cook the korban pesach, the reason is because you need to have the korban pesach, the taste of it be very profound. And you don't want it to have, right? You don't want it to, you don't want to lose any of the, of the taste. Uh huh. So now, right? Everybody knows what's more delicious, roasted chicken or boiled chicken. So the boiled chicken a lot of people like, but it's a different taste than roasted chicken, right? So similarly with the korban pesach, you want that intense deliciousness. You don't want the taste to go away. So, you have a Kalvach Homer. Water, it's not mafigan thayman. It doesn't uh, bring flavor to the, to the meat, and it doesn't really color the meat at all. But still, it's also. Shara mashkim shemefigen low lo kol So maybe I confused the issue by compa- comparing the roasting to the cooking. Because in the cooking, even though it's a slightly different consistency, and, a, and, it, and it tastes a little bit different, the water really isn't contributing anything to the taste. And so with respect to the carbon Pesach, so maybe perhaps that is why you can't use water, because it's changing the consistency and it's not the same, but at least the water isn't altering the taste at all, right? It's just kind of altering the consistency. But that's just with water. And so again, it's an issue of retaining the taste of the carbon Pesach, you have to taste it unadulterated. Um, this is true, as Rabbi Rosner points out, by matzah as well. The people won't even eat matzah with salt. They want only the taste of the matzah, right, when you're doing the mitzvah of matzah. So similarly, mitzvah of Korban Pesach has to be just that meat. Okay, so water compromises it, but only a little bit. It doesn't really impart any other flavor to it. And yet it's asr. So Kalvach Omer, other liquids that are going to impart taste into the Korban Pesach, they're going to obscure the taste of the carbon Pesach even more, so low kol cane. So there, so f- certainly other kinds of juices and liquids would certainly be usr because all you are doing is you are going further away from the classic taste of the carbon Pesach, and that's how you know that other liquids are usher as well. This kavachomer. Okay, another possible source is Rabbi Yomer. So you have the abundance saying this: Rabbi Yomer same pasuk this is water. In li elam maim shar Talmud Lomar Uvashel Mevushal So we said before Vashel Mevushal Right? The Pasuk again said Al tochlum menu no Uvashel Mevushal Bamayim So why does it say Vashel Mevushal? So why does it have to say Cooked, cooked like And in two different ways We'll get to it But the point is Mikol malkom In other words When it says Vashel Mevushal The reason for the extra letters and words is to teach you that not only water, but all other things. So basically, a simple way of saying this is the tonner, the are saying that it's because of kavachomer, because of taste. Whereas Rebbe is saying that it's like a xerous accusative, that you can't use other liquids. So what would be the difference? So now we're going to get a real nafkamina. Here, my binayu. What's the difference between them? So here's a, here's a clear nafkamina. There it is. Pot roast. That would be the machlokas. Because after all, as we've discussed, why would you do pot roast? Because the flavor intensifies as the juices ooze out of your of your sle, right, and get roasted back into it. You're just intensifying the flavor. So, according to, to the Rabbanan who think that right that the whole problem of of um, cooking it in liquids is that the taste is going to be affected. Well, pot roast all it does is intensify the taste. It should be even better than roasting it. And according to Rebbe, however, the juices of the meat itself are, in fact, also liquids, and there's a Xeris there against liquids. And so you have this real big nafkamina, right? According to the first sheita, pot roast is the best. According to the second sheetah, pot roast is just as bad as anything else, and it's asa midor raisa. Uh-huh. So, so, so that would be the machlok as well. Now there are banans, as the Gemara, hai basha mavisham abdullahu. Okay so they have this Kalama so what are they learning from the Pasuk of Vashel Mevushal? so it says me they need it for the brice so the brice says bishlo or bishlo chayev. that the question is what would be the case and it says bashal b- b- bashal what what is the case of bashal Mevushal? it's saying that it doesn't matter whether you cooked it after you did the tzli, or before you did the tzli, you're going to be chayev, what? Rashi, Malkus ala You're going to be chayev, Malkus, right, because it's a lav in the Torah, al tochlum menu and we know it's a lav with an assay and so therefore, lav with over here, you're going to, you're going to get your lashes over here. So, Malkus, you're going to get whether you cooked it before you uh, roasted it or roasted it before you cooked it, you're going to be chayev, and that's what you learn from the pasuk. So says the gemara So wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just let's just focus on what we just said. I can understand if I cooked it and then I roasted it. Chayev. Of course you're going to be chayev because you got this raw piece of meat and you cooked it first. That's explicitly what the pasuk says you cannot do. The right? You cooked it. vachachach bishlo. Who am I? <laughs> right? In other words, if you first roasted it and then you cooked it, so then you roasted it. What do you care? What do you do after you've already roasted it? Right? You, after that, you can eat it. You, could, you should be able to do anything. So at this point, the Gemara is assuming that whatever you do to take it from a raw state, as long as you roast it first, then what's the difference if you, if you cook it later? So the Gemara brings two very interesting answers. The first is Rav Kahana again. Amor Rav Kahana. Hamani Rabbi Wow. So here we're, talk- we're going back to Rabbi in a different context. What does Rabbi say? The <speaking in Hebrew> Tanya Okay, the Brisa says like this: that Rakik is what a matzah wafer that is soaked in water. You can be yote matzah like on at the Pesach Seder the of matzah with matzah shruya. You know what matzah shuria is? Gibrach. It's so, it's matzah that's then soaked. So Rabbi Yosi obviously did not have the issue of Gibrach. He said you yotze with matzah shuria. Okay, that's what we call it in Yiddish. And not only can you be yotze in the seder from matzah shuria, but even even cooked matzah, even cooked matzah, as long shalom as long as the matzah didn't become dissolved entirely. So you can make like a matzah lasagna or whatever it is that you're making and that could be you could be yaitze the mitzvah of matzah at the seder with this wow they were mayor okay that's a brisa according to a mayor however i'm there in that brisa rubyosi held yaitze in baraki Kashari. yes you can be yaitze with matzah shuria. of course nobody holds that you can't of a bushal. But you can't be but cooked is is a bridge too far to cross he disagrees with their mayor on that point in other words he doesn't hold of rebiosi but he does hold of matzah sharia what do you learn aha you learn here that rebiosi holds this is a very interesting point of kahana that once the matzah was baked the matzah it right so so again Once the matzah was baked, both Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yossi are gonna hold that if you soak it, it's still considered matzah, right? It's wet, but it's still matzah, and it was baked, and the soaking process doesn't do anything to it. It doesn't make it chametz, it doesn't make it cooked, it doesn't make it anything, it's still matzah. It just makes it softer, exactly. However, once it's cooked, ooh, so why would Rabbi Yossi think that cooking is different than soaking? because once it's cooked, says the, the this is the implication of Kahana, once it's cooked, it loses its status of something that had been baked. In other words, you take matzah, and then you cook it. So according to Rav Yossi, right, you've now changed it from a baked item to a cooked item, which is to say you can change the state of an item by subsequent cooking or baking. Whatever you did last is going to define what that item is. So no, now it's no longer baked, once it's no longer baked, it's no longer matzah, right? And then you can't use it for matzah mitzvah. So what Rabukhana is saying is that this would be similar to the korban. The, the question we had was if the korban Right, is roasted and then cooked. Why would that be a problem? Well, if you hold like Rabbi with regards to cooked matzah, then perhaps you would hold the same with regards to cooked korban pesach. That just like matzah, once it's baked, if it's cooked, it loses its status as a baked item. Similarly, the korban pesach, once it's cooked, it loses its status as a roasted item. And therefore, you'd be chayav dough, right? You'd be chayav malchus even for cooking after you've already fully roasted it. Amazing. Okay. Incidentally, with regards to this Gebracht, which is not getting a good rap over here, um, there are people who, as you know, the, this became like, uh, politi- politics too. There's like, kind of cut down Hasidish versus mixed lines, where the Hasidim are the ones that don't Gebroch. Um, so, famously, we know that when it comes to chametz, the Kali Israel is famously, uh, Machmir. In other words, generally speaking, if you're Machmir to the point, where it doesn't make any sense, then we're going to call you like a fool, and that's a minhag that Kali shall have is not to be fools. However, when it comes to chametz, if you look at the Zohar and you look at you know other sources, people are very 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 extra careful. So some say, well, the reason why the Hasidim uh, were so concerned about matzah shuria had more to do with the fact of the kind of sugi as we were discussing yesterday, where they have thicker matzahs and there was still some flour in there that was unaccounted for, and, and therefore they were concerned to would become machmeds. This was really a practical concern. And, and therefore, for our matzahs, perhaps there wouldn't be such a concern because there's so much thinner, etc. However... Some would say no. It's not really more practical. It's more like a spiritual concern that we have this issue. That when it comes to chametz, we're extra, extra, extra careful. So whereas normally, if somebody boiled the doorknobs in preparation for Pesach because there may be chametz on them, we would call that person uh, OCD. We would have diagnoses for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, my 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 brother-in-law replaced. He lives in Brooklyn. He's very very machmir. He he replaced his. Um, he decided whatever. A company was coming for Pesach, and his toilet seat wasn't such good shape, so he took his toilet seat out to the, you know, to, to the trash outside, like, a few days before Pesach, and his neighbor saw him, and he's like, wow, that I hadn't thought of. <laughs> but the point is, when it comes to preparation for Pesach, we're, we're not going to make fun of anybody for whatever they do, because we know that this is coming from a place of, of spiritual, good, a good place of wanting to really, and, and we're always going to encourage the machmir and the bal nefesh to be machmir with chametz, so we don't make fun of people for for doing gebroch. In 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 Israel, the svardim they they kitnius, you know, so they it's it's hard. They they hide it in all the products. You have to be very 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 careful in Israel. Ashkenazim have to be careful. let will say kashar lepesach, and in fine print, laoch lekitnius bilvad. But anyways, not a different kind of chumers with regards to chametz. So gebroch is one of them, but the Gemara meikar din clearly holds over here that matzah Sharia is okay. Okay. Now, Ula amar, afilote me rabbi meir, that even if you hold like rabbi meir, that, that boiling, as we just said, right, doesn't, that even cooking isn't going to, when I, when I, when I keep saying cooking, I'm referring to boiling, that even boiling it doesn't change the status of the matha. <speaking in Hebrew> so again, you have the pasuk, it says, so it's, it's even if it was already roasted, Basham Mevushal can teach you that cooking after roasting is going to be a problem. So, right, they they both hold that the Matzah Sharia is okay, but the Basham Mevushal is going to be a problem. Cooked is a problem. Nineteen lines up from the bottom, as follows. Tanarubanan. Another b'risa about the carbon pasach. Tonarban. Yo cult slow cult sarko. Aha. So what's slow called sorko? Rashi brings two Pshat. He brings one pshat and he says, this is really not a pshat. I, I don't even think that this is a, a tenable pshat. The pshat that Rashi uh, proposes is burnt it. You burnt it. Okay. The problem is you roasted the Korn Pesach to the point where you burnt it. So, yachal Yehei chayev. You're going to be chayev for burning it. Why? Because, Tom, you would think that if you burnt it completely, that you ruined it. Right? So, so this is not as... This is not as obvious. You have to look at the Mahashat to see why that would be an Isser. Because after all, it says that you should roast it. But be that as it may, you're not supposed to roast it to the point of it's charcoal, right? You're supposed to roast it like so it's edible and delicious. So anyway, you might have thought that that would be a problem. That in fact... In other words, the question is why would you even have the hava amina that roasting it could ever be a problem uh uh till till you burn it. So maybe it's because you have to roast it to the point where it's edible. But 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 the Pusuk is teaching you that you can't eat it rare and you can't eat it cooked in water, and that's the only time where you're gonna get the malchus. But if you actually roasted it only and to the point where it's burnt, you're not gonna get the malchus. Right? So now, now Ravashi is going to say exactly Rashi's shot. Hey, chidami, what's the case where it's completely tzolah i am um, Ravashi deshavyeh harucha where you charred it, right? When you char broiled it um, at that point, that would be okay. And so you're never going to get malkas for just roasting it, even if you didn't modulate it as well as you should have, because the Pasuk is explicitly telling you that just to eat it rare, or cooked is the problem, but, to, but once you're roasting it, we're not gonna hold you accountable. Just try to make it edible, because obviously you wanna, you're gonna to wanna to eat it. Okay. Now let's talk about raw carbon Pesach. Can you eat it raw? My father-in-law, Lavashalem, when he was in law school in Boston, he famously, he was not one to know his way around the kitchen, so he had meats and he would bring, and, and if he didn't have anybody to cook it, he would just eat it as it was. So, Tanarabun. You might have thought that you can eat, what, the korban pesach raw. Uh, rather, sorry, yehe chayiv. You might have thought that if you eat it raw, you would be chayiv, right? Because it says that you have to roast it. So if you, so again, you have to roast it, you can't cook it. Well, what about just eating it raw? Is that okay? So, well, you didn't roast it, so maybe you'd be chayiv, tamad lomar. Aha. So this is this is the Bryce is explaining that you're not going to get malchus for eating it raw because you're only really going to get malchus for eating it rare or for eating it cooked. But eating it raw it doesn't mention it in the pasuk, so the pasuk is is not spelling it out. So therefore, more, maybe you wouldn't have a problem. <speaking in> hey <Spanish> mutter. So maybe you'd say okay, so that's okay. You can eat it completely. Tam No, it's not mutter. Because obviously it's telling you that it needs to be roasted. So you, so because it needs to be roasted, certainly you can't eat it raw. But on the other hand, you're not going to get Malchus for it if you eat it raw, but you're just not going to be yotze, Okay? So it's not mutter to eat it raw, but it's not really Malchus until you eat it rare or you cook it. Okay? So hehidami na, at this point, finally, having, ha- after having quoted the pasuk enough times, we're going to ask you, what does na mean? What's rare? So amarav kidami parsoi abarnim. You understand, Andrew? It's 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 like a bar name of the Persians. In other words, rare. Okay. Let's talk about more, more Korban Pesach stuff. Amar of Chista. Potter. Aha. So we know that cooked, cooked Korban Pesach is not good. If you cook the Korban Pesach, you can be chay of Malkus. But let's take us back to Shabbos. Masechus Shabbos. What was this? Chaf uh, something. Uh, you have to ask Jason. He, he knows Shafs by heart these days. But the Chamei Tver, remember we talked about Chamei Tveria, you're not going to be chayiv uh, for cooking with them on Shabbos. The Chamei Tveria were thought to be heated by the sun, not heated by fire. Aha, uh-huh. so if they're heated by the sun, so it's not really cooking. So you could cook something in Chamei Tveria perhaps. So that's why your putter, according to Rav Chista, to cook in those hot springs of Tveria. However, Pesach shebishlo by Chamei chayev. So in other words, with respect to the Shabbos, we're not going to say that it's bishul, But physically, it is bishul, And therefore, you certainly can't do it for Korban Pesach. Incidentally, Chamei Tveria here, it's not going to be literal. Because it's also to eat Korban Pesach outside of your Shalim. So you're not really cooking it for Chamei Tveria. It's talking about theoretically. If you had, if you cooked it in a matter that wasn't considered cooking, are you going to get Malkus? That's really the question. Bar spells it out a little bit more. The told us eshba inun Valeka. so on Shabbos the reason why you're not going to be chayiv for cooking is because you need it to be a derivative of fire as opposed to sun, and and you don't have that, and therefore you're not chayiv in actual cooking. So Pesach nami, this should also be true of the carbon Pesach. Lav told us eshu, and therefore you shouldn't be chayiv for the right. You shouldn't get malchus for this kind of cooking if you're cooking in veria because it's a problem. Okay, it's not a derivative of fire, and therefore you shouldn't get malchus. So, amarava, my chayiv, dektani, deka, avar, mishum, tzli, So he says, what does it mean, the He says, because you did not do tzli, esh. In other words, it's true that you didn't do, right, the, the, right, it's true that, um, that you're not, you're not gonna be chayiv for actual cooking, but you also certainly didn't roast it. Uh-huh. So, so the problem there is that you didn't, it'll be like, similar to eating it raw, right? You didn't roast it, but you also didn't do what you're supposed to do. So let's see. He, Revchia had an explicit, fleshed out interpretation like this. Aha. So this is really your over a assay. Right, you, you you don't have you violated this idea that the carbon pesach is supposed to be roasted. So certainly you didn't cook it for, with respect to Hilcha shabbos, and so maybe it's not going to be called bishlo, which is the isur of the pesach, but it's also not sleet, and therefore that's a problem. Okay. So we're going to see how many Makas are you going to get for these kind of situations. The gemara continues to say Amar Rava Achlo As we turn to Mem Aleph from Bays. At the almost symbolic time of six fourteen AM. So he says, Lokestein. So you have two malkas. Why? Again, you ate it rare. So what's the issue? Well, you're gonna get one, let's see the first Al m base. Mishum na, right? You, the Basak says explicitly you can't eat it rare. It has to be roasted. Right? im Nami Aha. So you have two, right? Again, the Pesach said, right, So, if you don't do it, you're going to get malchus for that, and you're going to get malchus for eating it rare, which you're not supposed to do. Two sets of malchus, okay? What if you had part of the, um, part of the carbon Pesach you ate rare, part of the carbon Pesach you ate rare, Cooked, so now you violated everything, right? You didn't have it roasted, you had it rare, and you had it cooked. shalosh, you're going to get three sets of malchus for because you've managed to violate all three things mentioned in the pasuk. Abaye, however, Amar ein lokin al lav you can't sit in Rav to for any amount of time for for, for too long without getting on lav shebecholos. He has a whole has articles written all over there about this. Lav shebecholos means a general, generalized lav. There's a concept that you don't get malchus for a lav shibachlovs, which is like, it's a general prohibition. So the general prohibition here is, you can't, you, is that you shouldn't eat it if it's not roasted. Well, that's very general. It's not getting specific. Like, you shouldn't eat it cooked. You shouldn't eat it baked. Right? So when you have these kinds of general oven, then you're supposed to what? Not get malchus for that. You only get malchus when it's very specific, as the Gemara will say. It has to be lav a dumy de chasima. When it says chas dumy de chasima, means that the chasima of the shore, the muzzle of the shore. So just like that lav, you get malchus for. That's the source of malchus for lav sheish Maisa. And in that particular case, it's very specific, right? So therefore, we expound from that that a lav, in order to get malchus, has to be very specific. So here the lava of you can't eat it if it's, unless it's roasted is not very specific because it doesn't spell out all the other ways. Of course, to say that you can't bake it and you can't eat it rare or you can't cook it. So that, of course, is specific. So that you would get malchus for. But Abaye is going to say you're not going to get malchus for that general thing of not eating it roasted. So the Gemara has two interpretations of what a Abaye meant now by bringing in this lava shalva issue. Some are going to say that he's not going to get two sets of malchus for each one of these things of na and Mavushal. but at least he'll get one, this is how Rash explains it, at least he'll get one set of malchus for na and one set of malchus for mevushal. Some say that even if you do it, right, um, even if you do all of these things, because of the fact that you, that it says sli-esh, Right, that puts all of these in the category of lav and then you, therefore you're not even going to get any what you're not going to get any malchus for any of these. The lave, because it's a non-specific, it's a non-specific lav um, ke There it is. That's what it means ke de Hasima because the lav, even though the pasuk also goes out of its way to spell out cooked and bake, if you don't if you don't um, roast it, you simply don't get malchus because that prohibition of not roasting it, is not similar to Lafta chasima. Okay, now we're going to have a similar, a similar machlokis, almost exactly the same machlokis in a different context, like this. Rava Ammar, uh, right, so that was the baye. here's Rava, here's Chavrusa, Achal Zog, this is referring to a Nazir, the Nazir has a Pasuk, the Pasuk says, We know famously another can't drink wine, but you also can't eat anything that's made from the grapevine, not not the skin, not the seeds, not the peel. He's not supposed to eat any of that stuff. Okay, so says, the Rabbi says, let's say he ate the skin, he's going to get two sets of malkus. If he eats the seeds, again, two sets of malchus. right? Because again, it says which is general. Anything, right, the Pasuk says, anything that comes from the Geffen, that's general. And then it has these two examples, seeds and, and skins. So, there again, you have a machlokas. Let's say you ate the seed and the skin. So are you going to get two? Or are you going to get three? you You're gonna, Right, why would you get three? Because zag you get one for the seed, one for the skin, and one for the general idea of eating from the geffen. So, again, chartzen, Look, a sh'taim zag v'chartz and look a Abaye Amar ain' looking a lav shebachlous. So similarly, over there, Abaye had the same idea. Even there, that it's a lav shebachlous, right? To say that you can't eat anything it comes from the geffen is a lav shebachlous. You shouldn't get malchus for it. And for there too, we have the same two interpretations. Ika d'armer tartyu do lalaki chad miyas lalaki. Some say where well, lav shebachlous means okay, so you're not going to get the general malchus for not eating anything from that's grape derivative, but you're going to get the individual malchus for those specific things that are spelled out, namely the seeds and the skins. Or, And others say no. The fact that it says you can't eat anything in general from the grape makes it a lav shebachlalos. And once it's a lav shebachlalos, then presumably it looks like even if you spell out the other things, it just knocks it out. It's no longer similar to the lav of Chasim Ashur, the musling over there. And therefore, since it's a non-specific love, even though there are specifics that are afterwards subsequently mentioned in the Pasuk, the fact that it's presented to us in the Torah as a non-specific love to begin with, just like the tzli of the Korban Pesach, so too the Geffen of the Nazir, those are prohibitions for which, according to the second opinion of Rabbi you cannot get Malchus 4 because it's a non-specific love. Okay, let's get back to the Korban Pesach. I know you loved it. Tanar Maybe we zayche to eat the Korban Pesach together. Are you going to be my Chabura? You have to eat it with Chabura. Let's do it. So let's go. So Taner ban Achal kazais na mi be'od yom. Okay. So let's say you ate. Partially, right, the, the rare. As we know in the Pasuk says explicitly you're not allowed to do this. Okay. But you didn't do it after. You're supposed to eat the Korban Pesach after, right, after nightfall. So... Here, you pachkeed with it, you ate it rare, but you wasn't that yet the Zman of the Korp Pesach. So, pater. You're going to be pater because you ate it. The first sheetah is that you ate it. Uh, but anything that you did before the Zman of the Korp Pesach is going to be insignificant because I was just, just pachkeeing around. Okay. Kazai Snow Mishchach Chayev. Of course, if once once it's nightfall and you eat Kazai Snow, you're going to be chayev, of course, because you're supposed to eat it not no, You're supposed to eat it totally roasted. So there it is. You're not supposed to be antisocial with the carbon pesach. You're supposed to eat it with your crew. So if you had it with your crew, because I so fine. You ate it properly roasted, but you didn't eat it with your bnei Chabur Now you're disqualified. Once you start without the bnei Chabur you can't join them. So if you did it on erev pesach, so we say, Andrew, where were you? Get over here and rinse the Zman of pesach. Anything you did beforehand was insignificant. And therefore it's okay. Once sun fell down, if you ate it sleek, right, as you're supposed to, roasted, but not with your group, you ate it, you started off in the wrong place and, it, and you cannot um, You do that. Okay. And 14 lines down. Tanya Idach. Yochel achel kazais nami so, maybe you'd be chayiv for eating the, the raw kazais ribod yom. The first price I said it was halachically insignificant act. But maybe you should be chayiv. Why? Maybe you can learn that from Kavakhomer. Ummah bishash yeshno bakum echol tzali, yeshno bivat tochal na, right? In other words, shah yeshno kum echol tzali means, it's an hour that is appropriate for eat the roast, which is to say, it's the hour of carbon pesach. So just like when you are mechuyev to eat the carbon pesach, you have this violation, and we're going to say that it's aser to eat it rare. Right? This is not such an obvious kav but the but the Rashi kind of spells it out. He says Rashi says basically you're not supposed to eat the carbon pesach then, so. If you're not supposed to, if if you're not supposed to eat it rare when you are allowed to eat the carbon pesach, then certainly when you're not allowed to eat the carbon pesach, then you shouldn't be allowed to eat it rare or or, or roasted. And rare would be even worse. Uh-huh. So it's not an obvious kavachomer. And we also say and din, but this is probably just an explanation, as Rabbi Rosner explains, of the original din. Okay. So this says, oh lo. maybe you're going to say Bishasha ainu bakum." Right? You might, the other way also makes sense, that in the time when you're not supposed to eat the karm pesach, so then, so then, maybe then, yeshna no chalna, so then, you, maybe then you can't eat it, uh, raw, rare, but when you're supposed to eat the karm pesach, then you're not gonna have that issue, Titma, and don't wonder how, so this is a real strange havamina, the havamina here is that for sure you need to eat the carbon pesach roasted at night, but maybe the love of eating it rare is tied to the love of eating it all together during the day. So maybe, in other words, you so what? So maybe you can eat it rare after? That's crazy, well, but don't think it's crazy. Right? Because with regarding to eating it roasted, it's it at nightfall we are allowed to eat the carbon pesach. So maybe once we're allowed to eat the Korm we're allowed to eat it rare. That's a very unusual Havamina because after all, the Pasuk says explicitly otherwise. Anyway, Talmud Lomar, the Torah therefore states, this is all Havamina because ultimately the Torah says, don't eat the Korm rare, don't eat it cooked, rather eat it roasted. That whenever you're supposed to eat the Korm you also have the iser of eating it rare, of course. And at the time when you don't have to eat the corn Petzach, obviously you're not going to have that violation. And so where we come up with is 14 lines up from the bottom of Memalafam from discussing this idea of basically the Korban Pesach has to be eaten after nightfall, and it is then, after nightfall, that you have all these potential violations. You're not allowed to eat the Korban Pesach before that, but all these things of Naum it's the mainstream would be that those violations only start at the night when you are supposed to eat the Korban Pesach.